This is Brian Kaplovitz, and you're listening to the Speaker Match Radio Series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. This is a live show where we interview top experts in the speaking industry and business to provide emerging speakers with marketing strategies and other business building advice. If you're listening live, you can participate in this call online right now by going to speakermatch.com slash radio. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Brian Kaplovich, your host, and today our guest is Travis Lee, and Travis is co-founder and president of 3D Mail, and he has spent the last eight-plus years personally creating direct mail campaigns specifically designed to give small businesses and entrepreneurs a leg up against the competition. As the creator of the 3D Mail Direct, uh, 3D Mail Direct Marketing System, where his company provides specialized direct mail and ready-to-use sales letters to thousands of clients around the world, Travis has become the go-to guy to many of the top marketers in the country for 3D Mail ideas and implementation, including Dan Kennedy and his company GKIC. Bill Glazer, Chris Cardell, and many more top direct marketers in the world. This is all to say if you are interested in taking your marketing efforts to the next level with 3D Mail or you want to educate yourself on the topic, you are in for a treat. We'll be discussing a lot of great ideas for you to cut through the clutter, stand out, and book more speaking engagements. I really love direct mail as a way for speakers to get in front of meeting planners and get their information out there. I think that far too many people rely on the uh, the online ways of communicating and don't go outside of that. And I think that there is a real advantage to listening to Travis and learning some of the strategies that he's going to talk about today about how you can really, like he says, have a leg up on the, con- on the uh, competition. Thanks for being with us today, Travis. Hey, Brian. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me to be on the call today. Absolutely. It's great to have you back with us. It's been a little while, but uh, you have a really uh, great message, great service for uh, for speakers. And like I was saying, I think that this is something that a lot of uh, a lot of people overlook if they are in business for themselves, if they're in a very small business especially. And certainly when they're first getting started, they're looking at a lot of online ways of communicating with people, and they kind of stop there. So I think this is a great thing for people to know about. Yeah, I mean, it just... You know, in the in the macro, you know, the big the big world of direct mail. I think direct mail is a is a great great avenue for any business, big or small, um, just starting out or established. And then, you know, on the micro level of direct mail, which is what we do, the 3D mail stuff um, is even a you know, with a small business or a or a sole proprietor, or a, a person who's just getting started and wants to get their name out there, it's a great way to kind of open up doors that maybe you wouldn't see online or maybe you wouldn't, you know, doors that wouldn't be available because you are just getting started or you are, you know, only doing maybe a handful of gigs a year. So uh, I'm excited to be on the call. Hope to uh, hope to give your listeners some knowledge on the whole direct mail world and, and uh, how they can grow their business. Great. Well, let's start with the basics. For people that don't know, what is direct mail? What is 3D mail? 
you bet. That's a great place to start. So when we talk about 3D mail, we're actually, I'm actually talking about three-dimensional. So like a 3D movie. I'm, when we say 3D, that's exactly what we mean. It's three-dimensional mail. And here's what I mean by that. If, if you're sitting your, at your desk right now, Brian, or and I don't care whether you're at the home or you're at your office or you're at your office that is your home, everyone gets a stack of mail every single day, right? Um, and if you look at most of the mail, for the most part, it's all pretty much the same. It's postcards, it's, it's sales letters and offers in a number 10 business envelope with your name showing through the window. Um, it's a folded down self-mailer, if you know what I mean. I know you know what I mean, Brian, but when you take your message and you fold it down to a point where it almost looks like a postcard, but then it can be opened up kind of like a, kind of like a map, if you will, that we call those self-mailers. If they get really creative, they might put some imagery or some copy on the outside of an envelope or something like that. But when we talk about three-dimensional mail, 3D mail, we're actually literally talking about adding a lump to your mail. Um, if there's people on the call who have studied direct mail in the past, uh, other people have called it lumpy mail, other people have called it dimensional mail. Um, those are great ways to describe it, and they are ways that are copyrighted, so we can't call them that. So we call it three-dimensional mail. So <laughs> we've got some, some veterans on the call who have talked about that, who have studied direct mail. Those all are all, all, all synonymous with each other. And so we're really talking about for example, putting things into an envelope that give it a bump or a lump or a third dimension. So we've sent things like plastic boomerangs. We have sent things like little bags of shredded money. Uh, we have sent things like little magnifying glasses. Um, we also have bigger things, things that you don't put into an envelope, what we call self-mailers. Um, and those are things like we have a little pill bottle, right, a little red prescription pill bottle like you would get from your pharmacist because you're going to cure somebody's headache or you're the prescription for their problem, right? We've also mailed real bank bags, real vinyl bank bags. You know, you know what I'm talking about there, Brian, like the ones you take, you know, remember when we had to take cash to the bank at the end of every day? Yeah, do and, they still use those? They well, they they actually we we still use them a lot for direct mail. Pieces. And yes, you'd actually be surprised at how many people. If you're a cash-heavy business, grocery stores, convenience stores, uh -huh. uh, you still you you'll still see them all over the place. But um, but uh, so we actually call those things self-mailers. So we actually put a message inside of those things and then mail them out. Mm -hmm. um, and since this is such a visual media, Brian, I'm going to let them. Uh, my website is 3D mailresults.com. So as we're kind of, as I talk about the bank bag, as I talk about a boomerang, go to 3dmailresults.com. And again, this is so visual, you'll actually be able to see what we're actually talking about. Okay, and we have that link on our uh, page at speakermatch.com slash radio. If you're listening to a replay of this call, the link will be available for you in the show notes. Perfect. So that's what we're talking about with 3D mail. Is it's The bottom line is it's just different than everything else that you send, that you receive, that you see every day. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be different. We're trying to, to stand out. So how, how did you get into this business? How did you start this up? <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a good question. And there's actually, I think, a lot of, a lot of just general business um, lessons to be learned from it. So 
Uh, I'm going to say we or I a lot, and when I say we, I'm talking about me and my father, Keith. My father and I founded this business together in 2007. Well, let's back up even farther than that. Let's go to about the mid-'90s. And my dad had a business. He, he has since sold um, a company called American Retail Supply. We won't, get into, it, we won't get into exactly what they did. Suffice to say we had a big warehouse of stuff. We were a, a wholesale distribution company, um, mainly targeting small and regional sized, uh, small and regionally sized retail stores, right? So um, uh, Bartell Drug was a big customer of ours over the years. GameStop has been a big customer of ours over the years. And so in the mid-90s, my dad, Keith, started using this kind of 3D mail stuff to grow that business. And so we sent out things like the famous or infamous depending on your position, Gary Halbert dollar bill letter, where we actually stapled real dollar bills to the tops of letters. We mailed out puzzle pieces. We mailed out the biggest thing we probably ever mailed out. We mailed out about 550 magic eight balls. Remember those things when you were a kid and you shook them up and they told your fortune? We mailed a few, several hundred of those at one point. Love well, that thing. So, yeah. Yeah, so, and it, if we have time at the end, I'll tell you why we mailed that. But uh, um, suffice to say, it was a pretty impressive mail piece that we ma- uh, that we uh, that we mailed out. But uh, so anyway, let's that, that's that's in the mid '90s, right? We he started using that um, as a son of an entrepreneur. I was always involved in the business at the time. I still was in high school, um, not really knowing what he was doing, but would help out occasionally. Well, now let's fast forward to you know about ten years later, mid 2000s. I'd gone come to work with my dad. And we were still doing this 3D mail stuff to grow the business. And we were actually thinking about, can we find this stuff? Well, let's, we actually had been asked by many of our peers, you know, because we did a lot of, you know, we were in groups like your speaker match group. We were in marketing groups where people had seen what we were doing. And they started mm-hmm. asking where we were getting it. And, you know, we'd tell them, well, we'd go to the dollar store and we go to Toys R Us and hope we can find, like, really cheap stuff. Um, and enough people started asking that we said, well, maybe we can buy this stuff in bulk and sell it because that's what we were already doing with the other business, right? We had a, a big warehouse full of widgets. It doesn't matter what the widgets were or did. They just sat on a shelf. So can we bring in widget Z in this case, 3D mail stuff, put it on the shelf and sell it? And so we actually went to a mastermind group, um, a guy named Bill Glazier, who I know you know, Brian, um, we went there and we presented this to a mastermind group, which, by the way, shows the power of being involved in groups like this, by the way, because I wouldn't be here talking to you if we hadn't gone to, gone to a mastermind group to begin with. Um, and basically, by the time we had presented the idea and said, what do you guys think, um, we could have taken orders right then and there from the people who had, we had just come to get advice from. So six months later, we had this business, right? And so it, it, that's kind of, it was one of those deals where we used it ourselves. We got so good at using it that other people came to us for advice on it, and we decided to start the business. And it's actually uh, you know, not too dissimilar, I'm guessing, Brian, from, from your business here with Speaker Match. You got really good at promoting yourself. People wanted to come and ask you how you did it, and you decided to help other people do it. So it, uh, in our case, instead of knowledge and information, it was you know, product and warehouse base. So it was just, at the time, taking one business that we already had and, 
and adding a, another profit center, if you will, to a business um, in a very similar space, if you will. So, like I said, I think there's a lot of business lessons to be learned in how we actually started this thing. <laughs> it's it's a very common story that uh, business starts up like that. For sure. So you you deal with a lot of uh, small business people uh, and probably people that are uh, pretty new at, at business. Do you see a lot of people that are um, more focused on the online ways of marketing that uh, need to learn about direct mail? Absolutely. Um, there's There's an allure and a false sense of quote-unquote free online, if you will, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, I can put up a website, right? I can send emails. These things are all relatively low cost, or once I get them up and going, they, you know, have no cost, right? You know, you put a website up, as long as you pay your $100 a year for the web hosting, you got a website, right? <laughs> um, things like that. And adding more adding more people to your list and communicating with a few more people doesn't cost any more. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's this false sense that it's all free. And it may be free out of pocket, but I think there's you've got to consider time and effort and what you're swimming upstream against. And so I do believe that, especially in startup stage, People see, you know, an actual physical cost. You have to put ink on paper. You have to pay postage. You have to do those kinds of things. And I think they get a little scared by it, if you will. Um, you know, 30, 40 years ago, if you well, took a yeah, lot of money, spending, spending money on envelopes and paper and stamps and especially lumpy things, 3D things, is expensive. And it can be. But what we teach people okay. <laughs> is is to very narrowly target and focus who you want to who you want to spend your money on. That is what's great about direct mail versus almost any other kind of media is that we solely determine who sees and hears our message. So, for example, I know a lot of the people on this call are aspiring speakers who want to get more speaking engagements. Well, let's say you wanted to get a group, you wanted to get in front of the 20 biggest chamber of commerce in your area to give your talk on XYZ. Doesn't matter what it is. It could be something as simple as you maybe you're a CPA and you want to get in front of more more qualified candidates and you want to give a talk on uh, you know how how small businesses can better uh, save money through taxes and that kind of stuff. Something as, as basic and as simple as that. You can, you can go relatively easy online, every state has it, a list of all the local, of all the chamber of commerce in the state. In an hour or two, you or a virtual assistant could go find the 20 biggest ones, pull the, pull the, names, and, uh, pull the names and mailing addresses off of there, and then you could pick a, pick a direct mail piece. Now, I'll be perfectly honest with you. When I started this business, kind of a consulting direct mail business, what I'm describing to you is exactly what I did. I mean, I, this is exactly what I did to help kind of grow our local consulting business, on the, which was kind of latched onto this 3D mail business. And now, you know, you may say, boy, I, I can't send out 5,000 of this to a list that size. Well, there's no need to. You know, like I said, to continue our Chamber of Commerce example, 
you determine who's going to see that. So now you get the name and addresses of 20 executive, 20 executive directors of the Chamber of Commerce in your area, and now you can start mailing them consistent pieces offering your services to, to speak. Now maybe, you're, maybe you get paid to speak, maybe you do it for free and you hope to get leads or sales on the back end, whatever speaking model you have. It's a model that can and does work. So if, if, if you can narrowly define your target market, know who you want to target, know who you want to see your message, on a micro, micro level, you can do that. And you can do it for a couple hundred dollars a month and be in front of the exact audience you want to be in front of. You can do it for less, depending on how how your target is. So, I mean, exactly. especially if you are, if 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 you want to get in touch, if you want to send something special to anybody, you're trying to uh, to reach. Um, you can you can do these things on a one off. You don't have to send these out in bulk. Absolutely, and in fact, I have lots of clients who do that. Um, they may buy a couple dozen of our various pieces. Doesn't matter what they are. And, um, and they send them out onesie twosies, and you're exactly right. Um, you know, the example I gave was, was to do it kind of in a small bulk mail, if you would, right? A couple dozen at a time. Um, but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. I mean, there, in fact, I encourage it. Let's say you've got a, um, let's say there's a meeting planner that you really want to impress. Um, and they do, you know, they do the, you know, they do the sales meetings for, uh, doesn't matter for the local zero for the you know the Northwest Xerox company right they they put on four sales meetings a year and you want to get in front of that group to send that to send that meeting planner two or three or four unique different direct mail pieces that get attention that are so different than anything else anybody else is sending I would be absolutely shocked if you couldn't with that effort you wouldn't get at least a phone call to get in front of that person. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you are a speaker and you are applying to a lead, say from the speaker match board, uh, meeting planner, the meeting planner is going to get applications from you and from several other people electronically. They'll get your yep. information. They see your profile. And often that meeting planner that has posted the job is making a decision with a committee. So they take the applications that they got. They may take their laptop with them so they can browse through the uh, profiles they see online. They may print out some pages so they can take it to the conference table. Mm -hmm. But think about the difference you can make and how you can stand out if you have sent something in the mail that is something more substantive. Yep. So it yep. makes a big difference. It says Absolutely. a lot about the kind of speaker you are, too. It says you're a professional and you care about your business, that you are a business person. Exactly. And, and one thing that I would encourage everybody on here to try to put together um, is what, you know, a mentor of mine and yours, Brian, Dan Kennedy, what he calls a shock and awe package or a wow box, if you will. And, and so he tells a story of a and, and the people on this call may actually know the name uh, Nito Cubain, um, famous famous speaker, famous CEO. Um, but when he was just starting out, he you know he didn't have any connections like any like a lot of people on this call. But one of the first things he did was put together this wow box. And what it is is anytime somebody inquired about his speaking, 
not only did he send them the things that they requ- – now, this was before email, right? So, so he actually had to physically send them something back then. Um, but while everybody else was sending maybe flyers, maybe at the time a cassette tape of a speech they had done or a VHS tape of a speech they had done, he put this big box of stuff together that had his books inside of it, that had testimonials on top of testimonials. I mean, just all kinds of testimonials inside of it. But really, and I say this, I say this in the most lovingly, lovingly way possible, a bunch of propaganda that set him apart from everybody else. And it came in this big, you know, picture like two shoebox size thing, if you will, with all of this stuff inside. And so exactly, you, you, you mentioned that. When they go and sit down with their three or four other meeting organizers and everybody else is just a printed out piece of paper from an email and you've got this box of stuff that you've sent them, in the mail, which is which is just extravagant 3D mail, but that's how Nito grew his speaking business and then eventually became CEOs of major companies. Now he's like a president of a university back on the East Coast somewhere. So I'm not saying you got to go from you know no speaking gigs to president of a of a university. <laughs> There's a lot of middle space in there, um, but you can really stand out if you if you choose to send stuff via the good old fashioned direct uh, the good old fashioned U.S. mail. If you are just joining us, we are speaking with Travis Lee of 3D Mail. And if you have any questions you'd like to ask, you can enter your question directly at speakermatch.com slash radio. There is a Q&A form there. If you're uh, connected through the web call interface, you can enter your question there. You can also raise your virtual hand by clicking on the button if you're using the web interface or dialing star two on your telephone keypad to raise your virtual hand. Uh, one of the big advantages to having a teleseminar like this, if you are new to the teleseminar uh, world, is that you can participate live. This is not just a recording that you listen to. You can actually participate in these calls live and interact with the guest. We definitely encourage that. Um, the uh, the people that we bring on to our calls, the guests that we have on our calls, are experts in their field, and they have lots of information that they are happy to share with you. So definitely ask questions. Start to on your telephone keypad, raise your virtual hand uh, on the web interface, or go to speakermatch.com slash radio to enter your question there. So, Travis, you talked a little bit about standing out. I want to uh, get a little bit more into that. Um, yeah. In the, uh, if, if you're applying to a job uh, similar to what you're doing when you're applying for a uh, engagement through Speaker Match, a, a uh, organizer meeting planner has a uh, pile of of profiles to go through, resumes to go through, and some go into the immediate reject pile, no way, some go into the maybe pile, and some go into the, this is a very good candidate, let's follow up, possibly even, you know, let's call these people and hire them if they're available. Uh, You talk about the A pile mail, B pile mail, C pile mail. Tell us a little bit about that process and how it works and how 3D mail uh, fits into a uh, a reviewer's decision when they are comparing candidates. You bet. That's a great, great question. I love the analogy to to what we call A, B, and C pile mail. And and in in our world, um, and Gary Halbert again, I mentioned his his name a couple times. He is kind of a um, he's since passed away. I think four or five years ago. Well, I know he's passed away. I think it was about four or five years ago. Um, uh, he's kind of a pioneer in the you know, the, the late 
1900s, if you will, direct mail and how it's worked and, and a lot of the phrasing, especially at the small business level, right? Um, he had what we called A, B, and C pile mail, right? A pile, B pile, and C pile mail. And C pile mail was exactly as you said. It's stuff that immediately goes into the trash, right? It's stuff that um, you know it as soon as you get it that you don't want to look at it, right? <laughs> and we've all have that, right? Credit card offers, you know, a postcard from the gym down the street, that kind of stuff. And it usually direct, goes directly into the garbage, right? Just like your analogy of when they get this, when they get this pro speaker profile, it goes right into the garbage immediately, right? In the middle there, we have what we call B-pile mail, right, which is the maybe we'll look at it range, right? So the, or, or eventually I'll look at it range, right? Uh, I call this mail purgatory. Um, your water bill is a perfect example of B-pile mail. You got to deal with it eventually, right? You either got to pay it or you got to toss it, right, and ignore it. But you probably got to deal with it eventually. It probably goes into an impact. You probably have one, Brian. We all have them. You probably have a mail pile somewhere of a, you know, I got to get around to this pile. Uh, water bill is a perfect example. Maybe if you're, uh, I'll give you an example from my world. I'm, I'm a, an alum of Washington State University. They send me two or three different magazine newsletters every month, right? Could be, you know, because my wife and I both graduated, so she gets one from her college, I get one from my college, we get a, an alumni association one. I always thumb through that, but I never thumb through it right away, right? It goes in the, you know, Sunday night, have a bit of time, I'll thumb mm -hmm. through it, right? Um, Valpac is another example, right? Valpac, is, Valpac has trained us <laughs> to put them in the B pile, because, like, we know there's all kinds of coupons in there that we may eventually want to use, but there's no urgency to use any of them, right? So they've trained us to put that into that pile. Well, on the other end of both of those is what we call A-pile mail. And A-pile mail is what Gary called, I've got to look at this and I've got to read this right now because of something. Um, so, for example, you get a handwritten letter in the mail with your grandma's, clearly your grandma's handwriting on the, on the outside, right? Because grandma's still the only one that writes in cursive, right? So, and it has a real stamp on it. That's A-pile mail, right? Uh, a wedding invitation, right? That might be A-pile mail. Results from a test. It looks fancy. It lo looks important, right? Exactly. And so now imagine if you were to get something in the mail like a little, like we talked about, the little pill bottle or, or a bank bag or an envelope that obviously had something inside, but you weren't quite sure what it was inside, right? <laughs> and so now it's gone to the point where you get that, and again, this goes whether you go to the mailbox at your office, whether it's the mailbox at your house, or they're one and the same. Um, you get this stack of mail, right? And you see something unique, something different, something out of the ordinary. You're very, very likely going to open that first. Um, because you got to know what the heck it is, right? If someone sent you a bank bag, mm -hmm. you got to know what's inside of that thing. If someone sent you an envelope and it has obviously something inside, but you're not quite sure what and you don't weren't expecting a package, well, you got to open that thing right away. And so that's the kind of mail that we want to create is a pile mail, stuff that can't be ignored, stuff that gets opened right away, and then certainly stuff that doesn't that gets thrown away right away. We don't ever want to live in that world. Um, we want to live in the world where they're looking at our stuff right away. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the uh, that mail that you open right away um, is, I think, easier 
uh, it's easier to get into that pile now than ever before because we're not we're not getting as much that is unique as uh, as I think we used to because people do rely more even big companies rely more on some other means of uh, interacting with people and advertising no and, and that's a good point what is um, you know the post office being a federal entity has to disclose a lot of things and one of the things that they have to disclose is mail volume and we actually have sent it's not a huge number, but we actually – there were more catalogs sent um, 2015 versus 2014 and yada, yada, yada. Numbers obviously aren't out for 2016 yet. Um, so there's a lot of – a lot of mail is still being sent, but to your point, which is exactly true, there's a lot less personal mail being sent. So there's a lot more of all the other crap. There's a lot more of B and C pile mail, but less and less A pile mail. There's nothing – very few people get things in the mail that they perceive to be personal, just for them. This was put, somebody took the time, put this together, took it to the post office, put it in the mailbox, and sent it to me. And when you send things like 3D mail, and I don't care if you're sending one, as we discussed at the beginning, or if you're, I've got a, a handful of, of people here today working on a thousand piece direct mail, direct mail piece for a customer of ours, because it is so different and unique, it has that personal touch to it. Um, so, for example, one of the mailers that I can – I'm looking at through the window in my office right now looking at the, at, the, at the team putting them together. They're putting little sand timers into an envelope, right? And then they're mailing about uh-huh. 950 of these for a customer because you know, I'm not going to get into the details of the, of the direct mail piece. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't pertain to this particular call but we're sending little egg timer, little sand timers, because their time is running out, right? So, and so even though we're sending out a 1,000 of them, when Betty gets hers in the mail, she's going to think somebody did this just for her because who the heck's going to send out a 1,000 of these things, right, in her mind, right? So it can certainly have that personal touch, whether you're mailing, again, the one-off to a speaker uh, or to a meeting planner or whether you're mailing a 1,000 sand timers, uh, uh, to people throughout the country. It gives it that personal feel. Yeah. You know, and, and there are a lot of uh, things that I get that I, I honestly, I don't care if it is truly personal, uh, but I do open it right away. That box that I get is going to get opened right away. A big yellow envelope that I get is going to get opened right away. And even if it has a a bit of a you know the the feel that it's you know from a from a company or somebody that's trying to get business from me um I'm okay with that uh, I I get things at my office that uh you know definitely move right into my A pile because they look really interesting and I have the same reaction I you know, I, I feel like you know wow that, that's really kind of neat that they did something to get my attention like this and it worked it got my attention so one of the things that you have that I really love is uh I think we've ordered them from you a few times is those uh, envelopes with the uh the eagle envelopes Oh yeah 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 those are so uh, those of you that don't have <laughs> think an eagle envelope well so we've actually had these 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 envelopes made for us that are made to look similar but not too similar because we don't want to get our hands slapped by the post office they're made to get they're made to look like a an express mailer or a priority mail or a FedEx envelope that's what they're kind of designed to look like 
Um, but what's really cool about these things is all of those Priority and Express and FedEx cost significantly more, 10, 20-fold more than a regular old letter. Well, we've designed these envelopes to look like those, but be mailed at the first-class mail rates. <laughs> and so we kind of we call them our faux uh, express mail envelope uh, pieces. And they're they've got eagles on the front, and they say you know rush to addressee, uh, that kind of stuff. And and that uh, I, I'm glad you brought that one up, Brian. That one wasn't on the front of my mind. You know, we talked about that that wow box, that shock and awe box you would maybe send to someone who had requested information from you. If you want a cheap, inexpensive way to have a, a, a package show up with that wow, this is different factor that you and I have been discussing about for the last 15 minutes or so, and you've got you know, a, a pamphlet that you have, maybe you've got a book that you've written, whatever you have, you know, whatever, again, lovingly tell, call it propaganda, you can shove this in this envelope, mail it for two or three or four bucks a piece depending on what you're putting inside, and it's often going to be received by the recipient just like a FedEx package would. And what I mean by that is taken out of the mail pile and delivered directly to that person because of the perceived importance of it. And so, you know, we talked about looking and feeling different than everything else in the mail pile. Imagine not even being in the pile at all, <laughs> right? So uh, right. very powerful. Let's talk a little bit about the ROI that uh, that you can get with direct mail, and how how do you measure it? How do you know if it's worth spending money on this, or if, well, I don't know, is it spending or investing money in direct mail? Um, what, what are some of the things that people should do if they are thinking about using 3D mail in their businesses? That's a great question. The good thing I think about most of the people on this call is you're not going to be like my client who we're doing the sand mail and sand timer mailers for, right? You're not mailing out a thousand of these things at a time. And now he's done some testing and he got a pretty good idea that this thing is going to work, right? But, um, you know, you don't need to be spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. That's what's good about this. And so from an ROI standpoint, and, and you use the term exactly right, investment standpoint, um, you know, you, you, you want to be tracking your costs, of course, right? Um, you know, depending on how, uh, how um, what's the word I'm looking for, depending on how uh, technologically savvy you are. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to do that, you know, with, with, with uh, software and that kind of stuff. But you really want to be looking at how much money did I spend and how much money did that get in return for me, right? And so to use our example of the, of the one-off sending it to the meeting planners, well, if you're getting... $1,500 for a talk. Let's just pick a number out of the sky. Well, you can send a lot of $3 and $4 packages and, and get one speaking gig and still be very, very cash positive, right? Um, if you're doing it as we described earlier with the, the Chamber of Commerce example, you want to, like, you know, look at your cost, look at, what that's, look at what that's costing you, and are you getting, are you getting 
engagements out of it. So that's really what you want to look at. And I hope that was what you were looking for in an answer, Brian. Um, but but again, with the small yeah, numbers. Yeah, well, uh, here, here, here's some easy numbers to work with that, uh, yeah. that our listeners can, can use and you can use in putting together some calculations. The, uh, the, the top speakers, the National Speakers Association, top speakers in the country on average are speaking two times a month. So they have two customers a month, 24 customers a year that, they, that they're trying to reach. They're trying to get 24 gigs. Um, and the number of opportunities that they are applying to is a multiple of that, but not a significant multiple of that. So on average, they are applying to somewhere between depending on what people uh, are, are saying, maybe 20 to 50 opportunities per month that are turning into two actual closed jobs. So maybe use that as a guideline for uh, coming up with some numbers for people. No, that's perfect. So let's use, let's use the big round numbers. Let's use two and 50. So we're going to get two gigs a month, and we're going to send out 50 of these packages. So if we've got – if we send out a package that costs us, um, let's call it, let's call it even $15 a month to those leads, we're spending $750 to, those, to get that $15 package. Now, that's a pretty expensive package, Brian. I mean, that's a, that's a big box of stuff, <laughs> right? And so yeah, you can do a lot for $15, exactly. especially today with the, the color printers that we have and you know, the, the ability to print some really nice things for very little cost. You're exactly right. So let's use our let's use that fifteen dollar baseline times fifty. That gives us seven hundred and fifty dollars a month that we're spending on our direct mail initiatives to get two engagements. Now let's assume that we're spending again, let's use our fifteen hundred dollar per gig per gig fee that we're gonna charge. I, I believe that to be low, but now we're that's at three thousand dollars. So we spent seven hundred and fifty dollars to get three thousand dollars. Where's I'd sit at that blackjack table every day. <laughs> I'd never get up, right? Um, now let's extrapolate that a little bit. Let's say you were always getting two out of 50, but now you get three out of 50 because of what you've done to change what you're doing to send the thing, right? Now instead of just sending emails and following up, you're sending a wow package and, and you've never done this before, and you were getting two and now you're getting three, so you've increased your you've increased your, 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 your gig rate by 33% but didn't do anything to increase your spend rate. Um, you know, so um, when you start looking at that way, uh, you know, the, the ROI can get very, very good very, very fast, uh, especially given some of your other, other ways to market. I mean, you know, what's your time worth? You know, what would, it, what would it take you to personally follow up with all 50 of those people every month I'm not saying you should not personally follow up with them. There's probably many of those contacts that warrant multiple follow-ups to make sure that you get the gig, right? Um, but if you're sending out this big wow box that has, a, that has all the stuff they need to make a decision, and now you're not constantly playing the, hey, can you send us more information on this, or you're not playing the, hey, did you get my email? You know, you're not playing that game on top of it. Now you've really multiplied your investment. Yeah, and there are a few other ways to kind of layer this. A lot of, uh, well, I will say if you are sending any kind of direct mail, I don't care what it is, you're putting anything in the mail at all, you're already in the top 1% of speakers. 
Absolutely. Certainly a 1%, top 1% of emerging speakers, but uh, maybe even all speakers. It just it is much, much more common today for speakers to send electronic profiles. In, in, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, everybody was putting something in the mail. That has significantly decreased. Um, and so if you're sending something at all, you're already standing out from the crowd. If you're putting together a nice package, you don't just stand out from the crowd and increase your chances of getting a specific speaking opportunity, but you also position yourself really well so that you can, like I said, layer additional services. So if you are available to present a workshop or you're available to uh, – to provide other services to an organization, by having the right materials in your marketing kit, in that box of stuff that you send or other uh, 3D mail that you send, by, by positioning yourself correctly, you actually look like somebody who knows what they're talking about, who has a good service to provide, and you have an opportunity to provide information to a meeting planner uh, in a non-threatening way that uh, you know that actually sells you or sells additional services that you have in a very gentle way. Yes, and uh, that that, that that cross-selling opportunity, the ability to sell other things on top of or in addition to, and I don't care if you're a speaker or if you're I don't care what kind of business you're in. You are absolutely correct, Brian. That is a great way to position that. Um, you know, I was getting ready for a presentation I did earlier this year, and I neglected to bring it up earlier. You mentioned, you know, showing up in a non-threatening way, showing up in a way that nobody else is. You know, 1% of the speakers might be doing this. Um, in a presentation I did la earlier this year, I did some research. 60% of all decision makers in businesses, I shouldn't say all, but 60% of the, those that were surveyed, 60% <laughs> of those that surveyed mm -hmm. said they, they, they either preferred or much preferred printed material to digital material when researching options. Now, again, those options weren't just speakers' options, right? It was, you know, the, in, in the total business space, right? Um, but if that right. number is true, if that number is true, and I believe it to be true, it was done by Epsilon Channel Study, who is a big, big player in the, in the marketing space, Epsilon is. Um, their, their data is accurate or, or darn close. If you're choosing not to send them something in the mail, you are missing out on by their numbers, 60% who would, who would prefer it to be something physical, tangible they can hold. So, you know, if we extrapolate that, you're taking 60% of your people, even though they may tell you they want the stuff via email, <laughs> right? Oh, send me your bio, send me a link, whatever. 60% of them would prefer it in a physical, tangible form. Um, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that their, their margin of error was 10% which I don't think that would be a huge margin of error, you're still leaving 50% of the people on the table of decision makers. So, you know, that's showing up in a different way and showing up in a way that, frankly, a lot of decision makers prefer, even if they don't necessarily say it to you when they're asking for stuff, um, is a huge, huge advantage. Absolutely. Looks like we have a caller on the line with a question. This is somebody that's uh, using our web call interface. Cool. Hey, did not give me a name. Who, who's on the line with us? I think you just muted yourself. <laughs> they got gun there you shy. Go. Yeah, uh, 
Go ahead. We hear you. Oh, you muted yourself again. <laughs> okay, you're talking. Hello, I hear you typing. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, oh, there we are. We we hear you. Okay, yeah. How do you know who to send to? I think that's the that's the you know you can get speaking gigs from a large variety of people. The question is, well, where do you send these uh, these direct mail? That's a good question. Hey, what, what, I'm sorry. Question. What's your name? What's your name, caller? Mark. 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 Hey, Mark. Thanks for asking, Mark. That's a it, it's a, not a question I can answer specifically for you because I I mean it would take some digging. Um, which we frankly don't have time on this call. The, the, the answer, though, for anybody on this, on this list is to narrow your focus to who it is that you want to target. So, I mean, you need to think about what other businesses, what other groups, what other um, organizations have the people that you need to get in front of. Um, so if, you're, if you speak... If you do sales training, well, obviously, then you want to be in front of people who have sales teams. You can go and get a list of people who have sales teams, and you can actually get meeting, a meeting planner list. Um, you could go online and get it. The, one of the great things about the Internet, it, it has made research for these types of things very, very easy. Um, now, uh, what, like I, yeah, the example of the Chamber of Commerce, they're just all listed. Yeah, one of the issues, though, is – a lot of a lot of stuff is out there doesn't pay anything or you know pays five hundred dollars, and when you're going online and, and researching these potential associations or meeting planners, um, it's very hard to find to know uh, if they actually pay any, pay anything or pay significantly. And, and a lot of times you'll you'll have to, you'll find this online uh, thing, and then you're after studying the whole uh, application process. Uh, you're still not sure of how much it pays, and you find out they, they, you know, they're paying next to nothing. So that's one of the impediments. Now, Travis, I'll take this for a second. Mark, if you are, are you a speaker match member? Yes, I am. Okay, so one of the things that you'll see on the speaker match job board is that we do, uh, we're only listing people that actually have jobs available, and we do put information in there about the fees that they have and any compensation or uh, reimbursements that they might have. And that's very helpful. I mean, match is, is one, one, just one component of my marketing plan. Beyond that, right. uh, it's, not e cause it's not easy to know who actually does the hiring for speakers. One of the things I've learned, it's, it's all over the place uh, in, in different organizations as to who might bring in a, you know, a trainer or a speaker. Right. One one of the uh, one of the things that you uh, that you asked was you know well you you're referring to the idea that they offer very little or uh, not anything at all that uh, we'll have a conversation about that in other venues about how you can get compensated for your speaking but that is a uh, a topic that we discuss quite often. Travis, go ahead. Yeah, and I mean. I, I, I don't have an answer for what Brian just brought up. I just don't know your guys' business model. You know, how do you find the ones – how do you get compensated? What I'm telling you is there's a, there are all kinds of ways where you can get lists of people. And, again, to use my example, you know, you get in front of teams with sales, message, with, with sales teams. Um, you know, if, you're a, if you speak to mothers, you should be reaching out to your local MOPS groups, right, that kind of stuff. Um, you know the 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 who, 
in your world, you've got to really, you can really make a targeted hit list. And I would encourage you to very much slice and dice, niche down the list, if you will, right, of people. So if you have six different communities you could serve, pick one of them and find a hit list of maybe 10 or 20 or 30 different people in which to mail into. It's going it's to take some work. You might have to get on the phone and say, who actually organizes your, your, um, your, your programming so I can get in front of them. That kind of stuff is going to take some work. Now, having said that, on the clear other end of things, there's a national organization of meeting planners. I mean, you can go and Google search that, and it should be right up there at the top, and you could start looking at, you know, join that group. You know, pay the membership dues. Become a member of that. See what they read. See where they go. See what they're seeing. Um, that's just one example. I mean, and then there's – last time I looked, there was two or three different meeting planning organization groups out there. So they're, they're there. Um, you just got to – got to do a little bit of research and go find those. Thank you very much for the question, Mark. So, Travis, uh, what are some of the more successful 3D mail ideas that you've seen? Great question. So the big one that many people overlook and that I, from my understanding, that speakers are, are just as guilty of it too, is just going after the previous clients or customers you've had. Um, you know, I have a speaker client um, – First name is Robert. Uh, he's back in Connecticut. We did a campaign. We did several campaigns for him years ago. Um, simply going back to his old client list of people who hadn't booked him over a certain amount of days or weeks or months or years, I forget. Now he'd started. He's he'd been in the game for a while, right? So he had that database, if you will. Um, but first and foremost, um, you should definitely be going if you've, if you've got a client list at all then you need to be, like, you know, going after them more than you do. Uh, don't never underestimate that. However, I realize in this group some of us may be just getting started. So some of the most successful I've seen, um, one of the things I would definitely do is use this stuff, as we've kind of discussed a little bit, but as a lead follow-up, right? So when people do raise their hand, be ready to send this new and unique kind of stuff. So we see it work very, very well in that format as well. In, you know, you got the, you know, in, in a, you know, in my world, if someone raised their hand and wanted information from me, I'd call them a lead, right? And so in your world, it's the same thing. We got a, a meeting planner. We've got somebody that we has a, at least we've done yeah, enough a lead. to raise their hand, right? So go after them. And then again, I'll say it again. But where we see the best is where people really, really micro, micro, micro target their list and send out smaller batches with a, with a very well-crafted message just for that person, right? We're not trying to write a – we're not trying to do a one-size-fits-all, right? I mean, so, again, yeah, you may do sales training for people with sales teams, but you could, you could take that down two or three steps. You could do just – pharmaceutical sales teams. You could do just technology sales teams. Don't try to be a one-size-fits-all. Now, your presentation and your message may work for all different areas of the, uh, within your world, but for that campaign, if you will, be the person 
that pharmaceutical sales reps go to when they need a jolt for their sales team. And that's just an example. Fill, fill in pharmaceutical sales team with which whatever, whatever constituency you serve. But, but that's the way to do it. Narrow, narrow focus. And do you have specific examples of, uh, of some campaigns? Oh, boy, in the speaking world, off the top of my head, I mean, we, we've done the guy. Well, in, 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 any, any, not, not just speaking world, anything that's been yeah, successful because I, I our speakers come from just about every area you could possibly imagine, and I think they could adapt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got, uh, well, the, so the example I gave you today, the guy doing the sand timers, this is actually a follow-up piece he sent out. Um, uh, to a to a little, we have little banks of shredded money, um, and so again, he's very targeted list. But he sent out um, a little bag of shredded money. These were people with with tax liens on their houses, right? Their houses were going to go up for auction. Um, they've got so he sent them a little bag of shredded money. You know, don't waste your money going to auction. Yada yada yada. We're following up with a sand timer. Um, your time is running out, right? So how do we how do we flip that to the speaking world? Well, let's say. Um, we've got a lead. We know that they've got a speaking engagement. We know, we know their event is coming up here relatively soon. We can send out that sand timer that says, hey, time is running out. Your event is in X amount of days, or uh, X amount of days. You'll be booked long before X amount of weeks or months, right? <laughs> Your time is running out. Um, I may be getting booked. Your time is running out. Um, he, you know, so let's move forward with this. Um, what's another one? Um, I've got this really cool piece. It's actually an x-ray letter, Brian, and I know you've seen it. Um, it. It comes in an envelope, and we put a fake rubber stamp on it that says, x-rays do not bend. And on the inside, mm -hmm. what's made to look like an actual x-ray of, of, of a Cheshire cat grin, right? And at the top, it says, um, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll smile. Oh, how does it go? It says, um, you'll smile like the Cheshire cat when you see, you know, Travis Lee's presentation at the yada, 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 right, whatever it is. Um, the, the very best one I saw that was with, with uh, actually twofold, this x-ray letter. Again, go to the website. You'll see it. I'm doing a horrible job of describing it. I apologize. Uh, but I saw, first time I saw it used was by a retail store owner, Bill Glazier, who used it. Uh, the next time I saw it was with a chiropractor who used it. Um, we've used it in our business before, um, but it's the whole idea of, you know, your x-rays and clothes do not bend, uh, is, stamped, is rubber stamped on the outside of the envelope, and then it's their prescription for a better event in this case. And we used it, you know, like I said, the menswear store, your prescription for better menswear, right? And, for, and he was having an anniversary sale or something like that. Uh, the chiropractor used it, your prescription for uh, a better quality of life, less pain, yada, 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 that kind of stuff. So, um, Really, you're not. You're really only limited by the imagination when it comes to this kind of stuff. That, that's really what it comes down to. We are just about out of time, but I have one more question I want to tackle, uh, maybe pretty quickly, um, and that is reusing campaigns year after year after year. As business owners, you can get really tired of having the same thing that uh, that never changes. But how do you feel about that? Does it work? You know, I do try to keep my stuff fresh. Um, I try not to send the exact same thing over and over again. However, if I have a message that I know works and I know that um, – well, if I have a message that I know works, if I have content that I know works, 
Um, I try to repurpose it and reuse it as much as possible and kind of put it another layer of makeup on it, if you will, right? Um, I know from experience our bank bag letter, our, letter, our vinyl bank bags work very well. Um, however, I wouldn't want to send that piece too many times to the same people. In fact, I probably wouldn't send it, you know, depending on the campaign, I may send it to the same person once every couple of years maybe. Um, but so how do we get kind of around that? Well, if we're going to use a money theme, we're going to help them make money or save money with a bank bag, then I might follow up with my little, with my bag of shredded money, right? Because we're still using that money theme. Another one, uh, I talked about the x-ray mailer, right? So let's say the x-ray mailer did fairly well. I'm going to send the little pill bottle mailer, right? So we're going to use the same theme, the same kind of general message, but we're going to change it up, give it a fresh spit shine, if you will, and then send it out. So I, I love reusing content as much as possible, but not the exact same thing over and over again. You've got to change it up a bit. Fair enough. Well, before I let you go, Travis, I want to be sure that people know how to get in touch with you. And uh, you had talked with me before that you have a uh, special offer you have for our listeners. Yeah, we do. We've got, we've got our free book, and it's called The Ultimate Guide to Using 3D Mail in Your Business, How to Explode Your Direct Mail Profits. And uh, it's a book full of ideas that we've talked about today. We talked about a half a dozen. There's 30-some-odd different products with headlines, with the copy to use. It comes in a book. We also have a CD that comes with sales letters you can use on the CD. So the CD actually has Microsoft Word files, Word docs on there of sample letters that you can use. I think about 26 different letters. You know, so as I was going through these, hey, I thought that, that bank bank sound really cool. How do I, what are the words that I actually use? What's the copy that I use? Well, we've put a, we've put a sample letter on there for you to use that. Um, it's all completely free. I mean, 100% completely free. There is no, like, free now and $99 in perpetuity later. No, 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 it's absolutely free. No credit card number, no nothing. I just need a mailing address because we actually mail you the book, right? I practice what I preach. So if you go to 3D Mail Results, that's the number three, the letter D, M-A-I-L-R-E-S-U-L-T-S dot com forward slash 3D mail results forward slash book. You can go there. Again, completely free. Awesome book. Lots of, uh, lots of creative ideas. If you're looking for to get the creative juices going, if you're looking for ins inspiration and you want it for free, <laughs> 3DMailResults.com forward slash book, and we'll get that sent out to you right away. All right, Travis. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think that uh, our, you have definitely enlightened a lot of people. As, as, as always, you have tons of great information. And I hope that people follow up with you because uh, I really do believe in uh, 3D mail and, uh, and what you do. I think that uh, it's a great way for speakers to grow their businesses. So uh, hopefully you'll be hearing from lots of people. Awesome, Brian. Well, thanks so much for inviting me. It was uh, great speaking with you and your group today. All right. 
Until next time, this is Brian Kaplovitz. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, please be sure to visit us on iTunes. And if you can, uh, submit any feedback that you have about this call. Uh, we love if you, uh, if you follow us on speakermatch.com slash radio. And uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you so that we can continue the conversation. Thanks for listening to this installment of the Speaker Match radio series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. Speaker Match is the leading provider of tools and services for emerging professional speakers. You can find more information about Speaker Match at www.speakermatch.com. Our toll-free number, if you prefer to reach us by phone, is 1-866-372-8768. International callers can reach us at area code 512-372-8768. Thank you again for listening, and we wish you the best in your speaking career.